God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. And uh, once you know it, um, Biden is out there talking about inflation, but it's biflation. It's biflation when you target specific industries that you don't like. The industries at the top of the green list, beef and oil, are the Industries that seem to be uh, dealing with the highest rate of inflation. And when he refers to a friend of a friend came over and we were in the pantry and talking about the price of beef over the weekend, you know that wasn't true. That was in a prompter somewhere. So Jill's friend came over and they were like, can you believe it's it's $5 for a pound of beef instead of 4 and uh, <laughs> that's what he's making his decision policies on. And yeah, there are four main industries, uh, four main players in the uh, beef industry. But they have seized control because of the supply chain issue. And the supply chain issue is a problem because people don't want to go back to work after being given money from the government. That's number one. Number two, maybe they're not moving those refugees and open border people in quick enough. Or it's the beef industry's way to strong arm the administration saying, I know you have a stockpile of slave labor. I know you have that. Why don't you give me some? Give me some of that. And they're pushing to get the administration to expedite the processing of that slave labor that we've imported through our southern border. But it's, no matter how you slice it, it's not good. Because slave labor should never exist in our country, number one. Number two, everybody that votes should be a citizen. 
unlike what they've the laws that they've passed in New York State, and that corporations or business sectors, industries, shouldn't profit from the exploitation of others. It's the exact opposite. You know, and what's causing this, too, is not just open border policies and defunding the police ideologies, but our foreign policies, like what we did in Afghanistan. Donald Trump, President Trump had a complete exit strategy for Afghanistan, complete. And it was based on the idea, don't cross me, because we'll, we'll change our minds and stay. Don't cross me. And we were going to get our stuff out of there. We were going to destroy certain things. We were going to get our assets out of there. Even today, they're, they're, blowing, they're, they're uh, impacting. Well, in Iraq, uh, they have the drones that are attacking our soldiers that are still in Iraq. And in Afghanistan, they're still stuck there. People are trying to still get home. And they can't. All because we abandoned that whole and no American left behind philosophy, strategy. But we had a strategy that had been put into place for years under the Trump administration. And where we are now is a refugee crisis instead. A refugee crisis, people that don't know our country, they don't know our land, they don't, they don't have any allegiance at all to our history. You know, when we watch movies like Saving Private Ryan, we are left with the idea of gratitude at the end of that movie. Private Ryan, who got saved, played by Matt Damon, goes and stands over the character that was played by Tom Hanks, his gravesite, and with tears in his eyes said, have I earned it? Have I lived a life worthy of this person's sacrifice for my life? And that's how we should all think. But if you're not from here, how in the world could you have that in your heart? How in the world could you have that in your psyche, in your head? And that's where we, that's where we are missing. Uh, our, the fabric of our society is, is, is not whole when you don't have those human connections, those intertwining connections. And when you take a look at the what used to be considered a town, you had the municipal center, you had the church, you had manufacturing plants, you had office office buildings, and you had a whole array of things for all walks of society, all w- works of society. 
But instead, the, the socialists, they want to control the playing field, they want to control the um, uh, umpires, and they want to control the players themselves and the owners of each team. Basically want equity over equality. Equality is enough in a healthy society. And equity is a pipe dream. And that is the root of the problem. One of them is taking a bulldozer over what was a beautiful place to live and reinventing it, reimagining what it is to live your life in a town, in an American home, and controlling every aspect and not allowing for organic thought I think it's actually, you know, in some cases you could argue it's where the, you know, we've seen the uh, local teachers unions or local teachers uh, go up against the the parents. That whole battle between the parents and the teachers. Meanwhile, FDA just approved 13-year-olds now could get their boosters so that they could go back to school. As I said yesterday... It's sad news when a person that got three vaccines but didn't get the booster is in the same predicament as the person that never got vaccinated at all. And yours truly, Scott Adams, has never gotten the vaccine. And I feel pretty good about it. I don't feel like I'm in danger any worse than everybody else I know that's gotten vaccinated and I hear these stories because I don't know anybody personally but I hear these stories well actually I do know some people personally but they're not in my immediate circle but in any case there are people that are getting tested. I, I think that if you have a cold, you could end up with a positive COVID test. I believe that. I don't think that the tests are accurate enough. And I don't think those tests can distinguish between variations or variants. But what I am seeing is more and more cases of people that are in 100% vaccination zones because the government has mandated it, dictated it, dictated it. And they're in environments where it's supposed to be pristine safe. And yet they still want to blame the unvaccinated, people like me, for causing them problems. And actually, I think that the whole plan, mastermind by... Because see, there was a there was a virus. It came from Wuhan. They lied about it, denied it. More than likely because Wuhan was a military grade bioweapon location. And Fauci has admitted that there was government sponsorship to talk with China, to speak with China about 
what a what if scenario? What if there was an outbreak? What if there was a leak? And he admits that he he spoke with China, but to call that as you know a collusion with China, all out to uh, advance gain of function, he denied that. So he was basically saying, yeah, there is a sliver of truth to what Rand Paul said, but not a complete and total truth to what Rand Paul said. I actually believe Rand Paul, and I think Rand Paul was spot on. You know, we already listened uh, before the before the year was out. We listened to Jim Jordan talk about the manufactured memos, uh, the edited article pieces that were put out for circular reporting, all by Dr. Fauci. It's almost like he's got a Frankenstein laboratory and he's just this Dr. Evil. Jekyll and Hyde kind of deal. Where he gets on CNN and MSNBC and he's one guy and he gets in front of committee, in front of Rand Paul or anybody who questions him and he becomes another guy. But nevertheless, he is now admitting that they had secret meetings with uh, China. And so it's kind of interesting when you think about it like that. But what we're seeing is now there's a new study that basically said masks don't work. We talked about that yesterday. But it's worth reiterating because it's new information that's come out and said masks don't work. So why do we still have our kids in masks? Why are the kids getting boosters when they these boosters haven't been tested? And why do they not work? As I said, I don't think anybody would complain if they worked. And we've had enough time to know that they don't. So how do you get then a vaccine pass, uh, vaccine that doesn't work and mandate a vaccine passport that has no meaning because it doesn't affect anything? See, all these ineffective strategies are what's hurting the government right now. And they're asking private corporations to do their policing for them. And this is unprecedented. And you're starting to see real doctors come out and say a lot of the things that they're seeing are unprecedented. They shouldn't be happening. It should not be this way. This is not science. And here we are, you know, with all of these different things where we have a lack of trust in the government. Well, we have Dr. Fauci here talking about his collaboration with China. Let's let, let's take a listen. Oz, uh, COVID-1 clearly originated in China, and we were fortunate to escape a major pandemic. So we really had to learn a lot more about the viruses that were there, about whether or not people were getting infected with bad viruses. So in a very minor collaboration as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com- uh, Chinese uh, scientists. And, and what he conflated that is that therefore we were involved in creating the virus, which is the most ridiculous, majestic leap I've ever heard of. 
So that's how they're spinning it, I think. So it says here, um, since this is starting to go viral, here's how you can f- find the full full video. Okay, so here's the full video. Okay. Warning. No, no, that's not it. Let's see. An older 10-second clip from August of 2021 of Anderson Cooper and Bill Gates talking. But I just added a little bit of Bill's viral load for effect. Uh, Social Security, uh, you need to be vaccinated if you want to get whatever whatever benefits uh, they give, you need to be vaccinated. And it kind of went viral so much. It was trending on Twitter and they had to fact check it. COVID-19 last night. Anderson Cooper asked Bill Gates about vaccine mandates in an interview. Reuters and AP report. And it goes on to say, fact check, Anderson Cooper did not say the unvaccinated should be denied social security benefits in clip with Bill Gates. Well, if the clip originally came from me, I didn't say any of that. I was trying to point out how excited he got at the thought of it. Or whatever benefits uh, they give, you need to be vaccinated. And one more thing. Check out this Fauci and slip. On May 11, 2021, Pointer put out a video. United Facts of America, Day 2. Join PolitiFact in conversation with Dr. Anthony Fauci after a year of dangerous misinformation and a public health crisis. It's about 35 minutes long. I'm just going to play a little clip. Cause uh, COVID-1 clearly originated in China, and we were fortunate to escape a major pandemic. So we really had to learn a lot more about the viruses that were there, about whether or not people were getting infected with bad viruses. So in a very minor collaboration, as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com- uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Do you hear that? We had a collaboration with some Chinese com- uh, Chinese uh, scientists. And, and what he conflated that is that therefore we were involved in creating the virus which is the most ridiculous majestic leap well he was he funded gain-of-function research which went there it did that and uh, my only question is whether or not the pentagon knew about it and whether or not um he's protected he certainly acts like he's protected he seems like he's an untouchable teflon And the only reason why he would act that way is because he was just doing his job. And then the question would be whether or not Trump, Trump knew about it because Trump seems to be somewhat protected, protecting or protective of the relationship he has with Fauci. And the only reason why you would think that might be the case is because he, he had Fauci get into that or he knew about it. I can't I can't imagine that if Fauci stabbed them in the back I've not heard Trump say anything about this and you know Candace Owens recently interviewed uh Trump and was asking some questions in this area and you know Trump seems to be a little bit cagey when it comes to this relationship with Fauci and there's just a couple of tea leaves that make me think this it's it's not a lot of evidence um, I will say this, that there seems to be a lot of uh, chatter about uh, 
Trump and the vaccines and a lot of uh, right, right of our lean right, you know, right, alt right, uh, seem to have uh, some problems with where Trump is on this. And, you know, I, I've told people on this show and I've told people elsewhere, give Trump the benefit of the doubt here. He's in the world of uh, the game of politics which is probably not that much different. Well, it is a lot different, but in terms of uh, winning the media ratings, how do you win the media ratings? How do you get to be the number one show on TV if you don't appeal to a broad swath of people? So, you know, he came up with a solution called the vaccine because that was the guidance that was given him. Trump's not a scientist. And Trump, rather than admit that that was a mistake or he was wrong, um, because I think that could amount to a lawsuit if they were to say, you know, that there was a problem with the vaccines that they were pushing out. Or uh, for political expedience, they could have made the argument. Or they could peach post facto, impeach post facto like they've been still trying to do. So you can't really get into admitting guilt or mistake. And you got to stick to your guns. Leaders lead and oftentimes, you know, they, they admit that, that they were right based on what they knew at the time. You know, and so uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and take this call really quick. I believe this caller is going to call in about what we're talking about. Um, and just give me a moment. Caller, you on the air? Good morning, Seth. Good morning. Um, I'm I'm having a little bit of a problem with the whole Trump and the vaccine thing. Okay, at first, I can understand he was doing what he thought he had to do because he was being told by certain people. But after this amount of time and all of his supporters that have been getting the message to him, he has to have have heard what's going on and he's still pushing it. So I don't understand how you can explain that. Well, I think he's appealing to a, uh, a broad swath of population. I think he needs it to win elections. The other thought is, and really just a theoretical thought. I I don't claim to be Nostradamus and know this stuff. Um, This is just an idea that I have, but I, I've always said this since the beginning. When it came time to uh, hold them or, or fold them, uh, when it was uh, either a government shutdown looming or whatever it was, he would pay close attention to the media. And when he would start to lose his center right, his center right being Fox News, um, then you know he would he would basically a- appeal to the other to to the consensus. Because he knows that you can't win if you lose your media. He knows that about media. And I don't think he knew at the time that Fox News was going to do what they were doing in the wake, in the preview, uh, in the lead up to the election. Um, Because Fox News pretty much stabbed them in the back at the last minute. Thanks to Paul Ryan being on their board, I think. But when you lose that center right, and you lose that megaphone that Fox News was bringing to us. 
Um, you know, that was a, a form of betrayal. So President Trump knew he couldn't win. And there was going to be this demand where they were going to hang a noose around his neck. And so he had to endorse the vaccine because he was outgunned. There was just, and he had he had no authority. He had other doctors questioning different things, but for the most part, he had no real authority on the subject because it's science. You know, this was all unfolding in the very, in a very unprecedented way. But now, if he were to come around and do a complete one hundred and eighty, he would be admitting admitting that one of the one of the most important decisions that he had to make was completely wrong. And I don't think he's prepared to go there. Well, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get what you're talking about. Um, But he's not president anymore. And, uh, you know, it it sounds like uh, he's um, minimizing uh, the, the voice of his supporters. It sounds like, I mean, so, I mean, do you think that the people that are not uh, pro-vaccine are the majority of his support or the minority of his support? Okay. Um, I think that actually probably a majority of his supporters have the vaccine. So. No, well, I I don't. Okay, we don't don't know. know, We we do not know the, the answer to that question. Yeah, we don't know. But, I mean, as far as the people that I know, uh, no, they're not. Okay. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I, I, I hear numbers all the time. 70%. Yes. I hear 70% vaccinated in America. I hear that. I hear that they've achieved that number. That's the magic number for corporations to get on board with their draconian enforcement. Um, yeah, so they can bully the 30%. Exactly. Uh and so, you know, they're they're close to that. And if that's the case, then I would... But that do you would, think that they really do. are? I just don't you know. Really I think I, that there's 70%. I know this. See, that's the other thing. I know that there's a lot of people that have gotten the vaccinations because they wanted to feed their family and they didn't want to lose their job. Yeah, they were coerced. They were, they were forced. Yes. Against their will, they had to do it. But uh, wouldn't you think that a lot of them are still um, not supportive of the vaccine? No, they're not. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're going there. They're not supportive of the vaccine. You're right. And so Trump would actually be okay if he were to say, you know what? The vaccine was a mistake. I don't don't know. I mean, the thing is, Trump Trump is about he's running for reelection and he's going to be treated as the incumbent. And people like DeSantis and Tim Scott are not going to run against him. And they're going to basically say that's political suicide to run against the heir apparent, the person who's entitled to be the incumbent, because he's been the best Republican that I've ever seen in my life. And so I just I just don't think he's going to admit because the try okay try to put yourself in that situation where one quick moment okay. one, one quick moment right. and that is that you have to argue against the vaccine it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong it's whether or not you can argue that in the court of law and win and and so there's all kinds of rules and regulations to this argument and and you got to figure you're going to be way outnumbered with 
people in the media that are never going to admit that they were wrong either. And so people are going to double down and stick to their guns. And I think Trump understands that he there's no way he could win that argument being an outlier, an outsider. Well, couldn't he, couldn't he just say that it, you know, it didn't turn out to be what they told him it was going to be? Yes, and I think he's probably said that. I, I think, don't he, think has. he has. I actually well, do. Maybe. I, I've seen it. I think it was in an interview with Maria Bartiroma where, you know, he has expressed the way things were rolled out uh, and what's been happening under the Biden administration has not been great. I mean, just look right now. We have a record spike in COVID infections. Some would argue that's because of record numbers of testing. And some would argue because of the inefficacy of the vaccines. I actually believe the vaccine, which was sponsored and controlled by people like Bill Gates, that that, that supported population reduction and population control, like every globalist on the planet, loves to control populations, whether it's moving them around the chessboard called planet Earth or killing people off for expedience. Uh, yeah, I've way showed you slice people it. that video. and Yeah, I've showed people that video, and, and, and they don't, they, they, I don't know if they just don't get it or if they just refuse to get it. What, are you talking about like, the uh, one where yeah, Bill Gates says yeah. uh, 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 reproductive services, which is abortion, uh, yeah, health care, which is death panels, and new vaccines? And reduce yeah. the population from nine billion to six and a half billion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, vaccines are supposed to save lives. How are you going to reduce the population by saving lives with vaccines? Right. <laughs> That's the. That is it. And not only that, but then he talks about making twenty percent return on investment, which is better than anything you can get in the stock market. Which is, uh, you know, and has st- any, yeah. And has anybody asked this guy? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Gates, but what does the world look like when there's zero, uh, zero CO2 in the atmosphere? <laughs> Very green. Well, not green at all, because I do believe plants breathe CO2. Right, so that would mean that they would be yeah. very green. Like I think the rainforest has a lot of CO2, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, you know the whole thing, and and I do believe that the the COVID is connected with the climate agenda. Um, this, I mean, it's obvious of that. Yeah, it could How very do we well get through be. to people, Scott. Human flatulence can't have it. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right, Bye. take care. All right, um, yeah, it's all over the place. It's kind of an interesting deal that we're finding ourselves in. You know, I was uh while while he was talking a little bit, you know, I I I have that clip. Um and I have it I'm I'm setting I, I have a new setup here. And it's kind of interesting. I'm using um an iPad for certain things. And uh it's, it's high tech. High tech here at the Scott Adams show. But uh, it's uh when you're not prepared, which I should always be prepared, right? Always. But it's this Bill Gates thing where he talks about the money that he made. 
And and I find that to be, you know, very interesting as well. Um, but the other one was the asymptomatic spread. We've played that video for you. Uh, audio, audio, not video. Uh, let's see. I think it's uh, this one. No. Well, just was luck would have it. Yeah. See, got to you got to cue these things up. That's that's what I always tell myself. And this was not planned. This was uh We'll play this one though. And hopefully that works. No, that's not going to work. Sorry folks. My mistake for trying to do that. All right. Well, in any case, I think that what what we're dealing with though is conflicting interests, and why is that? The, why is it that the democratic view, the socialist view, the people that want to defund the police, the people that want to tell you this one in in general, the people that want to tell you that there's pronouns to people, that there's more than one sex, and that. You know, and that um, men get up babies, I think, is what they've said. Um, why is it that we're listening to these quackos? We're listening to these people tell us about the science. I think that's absurd, right? And the same people are the ones behind this whole equality, equity thing. Again, that's another form of population control. So let's take a listen to this clip from Kamala Harris. It's one I've been trying to play for you for about a week now. And this this is this ad. It's been at, it was it was out as part of her um political campaign by Kamala Harris. We're going to dissect this a little bit because this is also fundamentally at the core root cause of the problems that we're dealing with. Again, while we fight this fight against the powers that be, whether it's globalism, Marxism, communism, or socialism, it's about equity and equality and who gets to actually determine what's fair or not and how things are censored. You know, we just saw Ezra Levant's uh, story yesterday and we played the audio clip related to the Royal Bank of uh, Canada denying him a a mortgage based on his political beliefs. And I've been saying that that's where the whole vaccine passports are the gateway to social credit score systems. Uh, they're basically the, the birth of it. And the only reason why we're fighting this and complaining so much isn't because whether they got the science right or the science wrong. It's because they have a hidden agenda. And we see the, the train coming and we see the, 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 cra- the crash. And what we're saying is we're trying to point this stuff out before it's too late. And we're trying to say we don't want to be controlled this way. But the only reason why they get to these cockamamie schemes is not because they're stupid. It's because they have an agenda. And if you can't see that, I mean, 
The thing is, is that they're trying to force the square peg into the round hole. And we're outside of the box saying it just doesn't fit. You can see it's not going to fit. But they're going to continue to try to put that square peg into the round hole. And who knows, if they have enough force, they could get that to fit. Like OJ's gloves. And basically say, hey, it fits like a glove. Fits perfectly. Or it doesn't fit, in his case. Doesn't fit. We all know that he was acting. That glove fit. It was his size. And they never did ask the simple question. Like, what's, what brand of glove is this? Have you ever owned a brand of pair, pair of glove like that? And he would have said, yes, just so happens. But it's the number one selling glove on the market. Okay, fair enough. What size do you wear when you buy these? And you could find that out. And he says, I buy a large. And what size is this glove that you're trying on that doesn't fit? Oh, it's a large. You know, they never once asked that question. Because they were the same size. It's just one was riddled with blood, Nicole Brown Simpson's blood, and all of a sudden it shrunk. It got, you know, ill-fitting. And the same thing is true with the way the media doesn't ask the questions. Like When they had Hunter Biden on an interview, and they said, could that have been your laptop? And Hunter Biden would get away with an answer. I don't know. I mean, it could be my laptop. I don't know. I don't know where my laptop is. It got stolen. It got lost. Instead of asking the obvious question, you see this picture here that was found on the laptop. Do you recall ever taking that picture? No, I was high on crack. Whatever. Did you ever take a picture like this? Have you ever met this person? Have you ever been naked with them? You know, stuff like that could be asked. They don't want to ask the, the obvious question. They just let him get away with a BS answer. And then we just dust off our hands and walk walk along. Meanwhile, the Trump kids who did nothing wrong, who were being entrapped by a Hillary Clinton paid for trap system where they're up in the Trump Tower with Veriskaya. And for 15, 20 minutes, they realized this was just a boondoggle of a meeting and they left the meeting but they were going to spend 12 hours trying to get them on an infraction to hit them up for obstruction of justice any way means possible to get them the government is out to hurt you and that's the problem I never used to be like this I never used to be a person that didn't believe in my government. I always thought, if the government's behind it, it must be good, must be right. I used to believe that. I used to think that. And now, the more you learn, the more you know. And now, it's completely different. Now we know that they've been pushing socialism all this time. You go back to the 70s and 80s and even the 90s, with Bill Clinton. And they all had this socialist pedigree. We all knew it. And they would push these government programs that would never seem to go away after they were invented. And you would say to yourself, 
it's a tax. And they would say it's not a tax. That's how they passed Obamacare. They called it a tax. I mean, they, they basically uh, said it wasn't a tax. They fought tooth and nail until Chief Justice Roberts said the only way this is constitutional is if it's a tax. Then they turned around and argued that it is a tax. And the same thing is true. But it used to be that when you used to go up against the liberal, they would say, no, this is how we're going to pay for it. And they would argue the point that it wasn't a government spending tax. But now they don't, they don't even hide it anymore. Of course it's a tax. We're going to tax you 95% and you're going to like it, is what they'll argue. The rich don't, you know, don't pay their fair share. And the rich, the top 1% pays, you know, just about all the taxes in America still. Anyway, let's listen to equity versus equality versus equity. Let's take a listen. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we can get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Compete. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. So when she says the word compete, I always thought that when you compete, there's always a winner and a loser. So that would make sense, right? That if you're competing, you're not going to finish up at the same place at the same time. Somebody's going to finish first and somebody's going to finish last. And that's competition. That's That's the good and the bad and the ugly of of sports and athletics and competition and business and elsewhere. And you're going to have to learn to win. You're going to have to learn to lose in life. But not everybody gets a trophy in real life. There are people that end up on the short end of the stick. And no matter how much the harbor raises in terms of the rising harbor raises all ships, there's always going to be a bigger ship. Somebody's always going to drive their boat into the marina and it's going to be a bigger footage boat, you know, because the boat makers, they make different size boats, right? So because, and some people want a smaller boat. Some people want a bigger boat. You know, there are cases where the richer guy wants the smaller boat and the poorer guy gets the bigger boat based on their own individual priorities. But competition always ends up with a, with a variety of results. And she used the word compete. But she's talking about also starting off at the same place. Starting off at a different place. You're going to end up at, the, at a different place at the end. And that's not going to solve the problem is what she's saying. 
She wants to level the playing field, which is the difference between equality and equity for a two-year-old's mind because that's exactly how she laid it out. She laid it out for a two-year-old to understand. And that's the sad thing about the Democrat Party is they treat their constituents like two-year-olds. They dumb things down. And that's why people that enter into the whole arena of Black Lives Matter are dumb as posts. And all those, you know, flaky little hippie people that, you know, follow their, wear their Birkenstocks and eat their granola and want to live in some sort of a occupied uh, section of Seattle uh, are dumb as posts. They're just ignoramuses. You couldn't have a debate with them because their heads aren't even screwed on straight. You wonder who raised them. And naturally they can't compete, so they don't. They just look for government exploitation. And anytime the government comes offering them a freebie or a way out, they uh, return the favor with a vote. And the Democrats know it, that their base is very much in line with, you know, a pay-to-play kind of scheme. And that's pretty sad. So Donald Trump Jr. tweeted this one out. He says, conservative lawmakers are banned for discussing accurate but inconvenient CDC stats, but libs can spew BS like this for years with no consequences. Let's take a listen to Rachel Maddow as retweeted by Donald Trump Jr. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means tell that me instead this, of the virus being able to Tell me if this is not a pipe dream, folks. From person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were, right? Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. If we just go fast enough to get the whole pot. And that's how they sold it. Now that sounds like a great thing. And everybody I know would have gotten on board with that vaccine if it did exactly what Rachel Maddow just said it did. She said, you get the vaccine, you never get sick again. You never get sick again, and it stops the spread. You, It ends with you. And you will not spread it anymore. And by that calculation, it should be gone. There should be nothing left of the virus. Instead, what we have now are record numbers, record numbers of this virus. And nobody's explaining 
why, how, you know, why it is. But they're banning people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, and they're banning Dr. Robert Malone. And Robert Malone, he says, Tony has no integrity. He lies all the time. It's Tony. <laughs> it's Tony. That's what he does, right? Let's take a listen to this. About the masking issue that Robert has been Malone, Dr. Malone. on this show since May of 2020. And I was one of the few at the time who cited actual CDC uh, studies on influenza transmission and cloth masks, over-the-counter masks. <laughs> it was on the CDC website. You know the exact one I was talking about. Well, we had guests that came on the show that just cited that study that were basically warned by employers not to cite it. And now we have Dr. Fauci still clinging to this myth that somehow cloth masks work against COVID. Watch this. Are cotton and surgical masks effective at preventing the spread of Omicron? Yeah. When the CDC says they are effective, in fact, they are. Dr. Malone, that's a lie. Is that not true? Yes. It's a, I mean, it's Tony. Uh, I, what can I say? Tony has no integrity. He lies all the time. And I've, me and my peers have, have been watching this for decades we just shrug our shoulders and shake our heads and say it's Fauci. Now, an N95 mask that's tightly fitted to the surgeon's face or the health provider's face, a very tightly fitted mask, that can prevent transmission of viruses, correct? But who can wear a tightly fitted medical grade mask? Certainly not a two-year-old on a flight, correct? Yes. And... The thing is with Omicron, it has a reproductive coefficient. Now that's fancy medical epidemiology talk, but it has a reproductive coefficient, which is a measure of infectiveness that's in the range of measles. It's in the seven to 10 range. We're all gonna get infected. Uh, probably the only ones that won't have um, some degree of symptoms from this in the United States are gonna be the ones that have natural immunity. And still a fraction of those are gonna get infected. Well, Dr. Malone, I'm glad you're still out there causing trouble. <laughs> and you, I, thought you I thought you caused trouble on the angle when you said getting the Omicron was a Christmas gift, an early Christmas gift. That sent people going crazy. But then you even doubled yeah. down and made it worse on Rogan. So we really appreciate it. Well, you know what he was talking about there is the Omicron is not deadly, right? But it's highly contagious. So he said it's a 7 to 10 or whatever, you know, like a measles, you could easily get it, but it's not deadly. <clears throat> so when you get it, you get the antibiotic, uh, you get the antibody that's in short demand because, you know, um, just last night too, Governor DeSantis was talking about the withholding of monoclonal antibodies, right? And, um, and why is uh, why is Biden doing that, right? But when you get the antibody, because you got Omicron, you now have that for life, and you're better equipped to deal with the COVID virus. So uh, that's that's not a bad uh, thing to have. Um, you know, so DeSantis. Let's see. This was uh, yeah, DeSantis right here. Let's take a listen. 
we end up now, you ended up when Joe Biden first talked about the vaccine mandate, he also then began buying all, buying out all the monoclonal antibodies and was rationing something that we didn't have a shortage of. But you decided to spend your own Floridian money and buy it yourself. How do you explain not having enough tests available, enough monoclonals available, and enough antivirals available when we know that they work? How is that even possible? Well, I think with the, with the monoclonals, uh, that is absolutely leading uh, to people dying because we saw when we put in our sites this summer in Florida to deal with the Delta wave, we kept tens of thousands of people out of the hospital. We saved thousands of lives by providing that treatment. So that should have been replicated in all these other states. But instead, what Biden and his cronies have done, they've seized control of all the monoclonal antibodies. So yes, when we were in the pinch, I bought some myself. None of the governors now are able to do that because the feds have seized control. So we're in a situation where we've now asked for 40,000 more every week because I have people that I could help and they are holding on to it and they're not distributing it and the way we clear. need it to be distributed. You, you, just, you had these centers all across Florida free of charge to anybody that had a break. That was when we first had the first breakthrough cases with Delta. It quickly ended Delta in your state, and now they're not available at this point, and you can't even buy your own? I just read that today. Well, we, they give us some. They give us some, but they don't give us as much as we need. So I, we've built an infrastructure, Florida and Sean. We could scale up to two to three times the number of treatments that they're sending us, and we could make those readily available. We've asked them to do that. Uh, we have sites that will be turned on, additional sites, within less than 24 hours if they send us the medication. And so we're asking them to send it to us. We know it will help people. And uh, the fact and of the matter is no they've shortage. had a lot of time to plan for this you wave. You have talked to the, the producer of Regeneron. We don't know there, that. They, 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 well, well, the federal government says there's no shortage. But if there's not, then why are they not sending what these people exactly. need? I think they may have not purchased enough. And I think that's probably the root of why they're being. So there it is. And, uh, you know, the thing is, we listen to Rachel Maddow and we listen to equity over equality uh, and all these things. They're not getting banned on Twitter or social media, but the truth tellers like Dr. Malone and Marjorie Taylor Greene and DeSantis are. And that's the problem, the censorship with the big tech. And that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We'll see you next time on the radio. Be sure to check out ScottAdamsShow.com for the latest podcast. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.